Good evening, everyone. Merry Christmas to you and to anyone visiting us here tonight. Welcome to Grace Gospel Church. May the Lord bless you in this very special night where we want to celebrate and make mention of the birth of our Savior, our Lord Jesus Christ. This evening, being Christmas Eve, I would like to share with you briefly a, a brief message titled, Do You Hear What I Hear? As you see on the screen. And no, I am not preaching about the Christmas song made popular by Bing Crosby and many other artists, but I am preaching from the Bible. And to that end, if you are able, let us stand for the reading, for the reading of God's Word in the Gospel of Luke, in chapter 2, verses 8 through 14, where the Bible tells us, In the same region there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today, in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lay and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for standing here in your presence in this also very special evening where we want to exalt you and we want to celebrate and magnify your name for the miracle of Christmas, for that baby who was born 2,000 years ago came to be our Savior, our Lord. And we thank you for the true meaning of Christmas revealed to the hearts of those whom you have called. Oh, we praise you. We thank you for this privilege as we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. I believe most of you know that the birth of Jesus Christ was promised in the Old Testament through many prophecies. For example, almost 700 years before the birth of Christ, the prophet Micah, he prophesied about the birth of Jesus. The Bible tells us in Micah in chapter 5, but as for you, Bethlehem Ephratah, too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you one will go forth for me to be ruler in Israel. His goings forth are from long ago, from the days of eternity. This prophecy from the prophet Micah revealed to us the exact location where Jesus would be born. And as I said, he spoke those words almost 700 years before it actually happened. And that is exactly what the Bible confirms when we read in the Gospel of Luke in chapter 2, verses 4 through 7, 
that when Joseph and Mary, they were going to Bethlehem to fulfill their obligation to the census, the days of Mary's pregnancy came to a completion and the baby was born in the town of Bethlehem exactly as prophesied. Today, you can go to Israel and visit the town of Bethlehem and there is this church called the Church of the Nativity that marks the location of the birthplace of Christ as it was prophesied and so it was fulfilled that the Lord would be born in the town of Bethlehem. Another prophecy through the lips of the prophet Isaiah and that 750 years before the birth of Jesus Christ, the prophet Isaiah said this in Isaiah in chapter 7, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin will be with child and bear a son, and she will call his name Emmanuel. This prophecy was speaking about the fact that a virgin would conceive through the power of the Holy Spirit. And that is exactly what happened as the Bible tells us in the Gospel of Luke in chapter 1 verses 30 through 35. When the archangel Gabriel, he appeared to Mary, a virgin, and the message was given and she became pregnant by the power of the Holy Spirit. And indeed, the Lord was conceived in the womb of a virgin. These prophecies from Isaiah and Micah are just two among many that were prophesied about the birth of Jesus Christ. And they were all fulfilled with complete and undeniable accuracy hundreds of years before having been spoken and the time came when all of them were fulfilled exactly as the prophets spoke inspired by the Holy Spirit of God. Many Old Testament prophecies were told, were spoken about the fact that Christ, the Messiah, would be born. But when the birth of Jesus Christ actually happened, who were the very first ones to hear about the news of his birth? It was not the prophets. It was not the kings. It was not the authorities. But the shepherds. Shepherds were the first ones to hear that Christ had been born. That all those prophecies, prophesying, speaking that the Messiah would come, that he would be born in Bethlehem, that he would be conceived in a virgin. The Bible tells us that the very first ones who received the message, the glorious message that Jesus Christ had been born, were shepherds. Why were they chosen to be the ones to receive, to be the first ones to receive such a glorious message? Some say that the shepherds were chosen because they were the ones tending to the sheep used in the daily sacrifices in the temple. But now, born was the one who would be sacrificed for our sins and therefore animal sacrifices would no longer be necessary. As John the Baptist would say in John chapter 1 verse 29, when he saw the Lord Jesus, he pointed and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The shepherds were chosen, perhaps for that reason. I believe... How about now?
Okay, plan B. I believe that one of the main reasons why the shepherds were chosen to be the first ones to hear about the birth of Jesus Christ is revealed in the words of Jesus himself in the Gospel of Matthew, in Matthew chapter 11, verses 25 and 26, where the, where the Bible says, At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and intelligent and have revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, for this way was well-pleasing in your sight. When the Lord speaks of infants receiving the revelation of God, the Lord Jesus was thanking the Father for revealing spiritual truths, for revealing the depths of spiritual truths to those who are infants. And infants there means those who are humble in spirit, those who are lowly in their spirit. Uh, can you still hear me? Amen. Those who are... How about now? Ah. Plan C. I believe that when the Lord was speaking and thanking the Father for the spiritual truths being revealed to infants, infants there represent those who are lowly in spirit, those who are humble in their spirit. I believe that the shepherds are representing exactly those, those who are humble to receive the message of the gospel, those who are humble to receive the spiritual truths that come from God. The Lord says, Father, I thank you, I praise you, the Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and intelligent and have revealed them to infants. The shepherds would fit that figure. The shepherds would fit that shape. They were humble in their spirit. In fact, they were considered to be the people of lower class in those times. The Talmud, that compilation of Jewish teachings, tells us that the shepherds were not allowed to be witnesses in courts of law. They were not considered to be trustworthy. Even ancient Jewish writings tells us that they were not to be given any help. There should be no help given to the hidden and to shepherds either. They were considered to be the people of the lowest class in ancient history. And yet they were the ones who were chosen by God to be the very first ones to hear the fulfillment of all the prophecies that Christ our Lord, the Savior, that the Messiah had been born. It is interesting to see that these words of Christ, as they were true about the shepherds being humble in the spirit to be able to receive the truth of the gospel, the truth of Christmas, these words of Christ are still true today. Only those who are infants, only those who are humble in the spirit can hear the message of Christmas, which is the message of the gospel that Jesus Christ was born for our salvation. The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians in chapter 1, For consider your calling, brethren, that there were not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble, but God has chosen 
the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to shame the things which are strong. And the base things of the world and the despised, God has chosen the things that are not, so that he may nullify the things that are, so that no man may boast before God. Notice that the apostle for three times, three times he repeated, God has chosen, God has chosen, God has chosen. And who are those whom God has chosen to receive his revelation, his truthful revelation from the scriptures? Not those who are wise or, prou or proud in themselves, but those who are lowly, those who are humble in spirit. And I ask you once again, do you hear what I hear? Do you hear what I hear, what the Bible is telling us? I pray that the Spirit of God will allow you to hear what the shepherds were able to hear that day. The reason why Christ was born. Not only that he was born, but understand the reason why. In verses 8 and 9, as we read, the Bible says, In the same region there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. One would say it is understandable that the shepherds were so afraid when they saw an angel appearing before them, and the glory of the Lord encompassing them and being all around them. That sight alone would be justification for anyone to be afraid of what they were seeing. However, the shepherds were afraid for one very specific reason. When the angel of God would manifest himself, he would usually bring a message of judgment. When angels would manifest themselves in the Old Testament, they would usually be the instruments for the execution of the judgment of God. We read this, for instance, when God was judging the people of Egypt, God said in Psalm 78, God sent upon them, upon the Egyptians, his burning anger, fury, and indignation, and trouble, a band of destroying angels. And when God decreed to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, God did so through angels that he manifested for that specific purpose. As we see the angel himself speaking in Genesis in chapter 19, the Bible says, For we are about to destroy this place, because their outcry has become so great before the Lord that the Lord has sent us to destroy us. In Isaiah, in chapter 37, when God decreed to execute judgment upon the Assyrians, he also used one angel to fulfill his punishment. And the Bible tells us, then the angel of the Lord went out and struck 185,000 in the camp of the Assyrians, as we read in Isaiah in chapter 37. No wonder when the angel of the Lord appeared before the shepherds, they were filled with the prospect of judgment, because that's what would usually ensue once an angel of God would manifest himself. It is understandable why they were so afraid with the prospect of judgment. And so it is when we hear the message of the gospel for the first time. So it was with each and every one of us who heard the message of the gospel. In the same way that the shepherds were thinking that they were about to be punished, that they were about to be judged by God. When we first understand the message of the gospel, it brings 
fear. He brings conviction in our hearts because we understand that as sinners, we are separated from God. And there is absolutely nothing that we can do for ourselves to bring us closer to God. Ever since we are growing up, ever since we have been children and then we go to adolescent years and then we grow up hearing messages perhaps in a church or for someone who talks to us about God, some of us were so used to the idea that, yes, I am going to go to heaven because I am a good person. I'm going to go to heaven because I don't do anything bad. I don't do anything evil. I don't harm anyone. But once we begin to understand the method of the gospel, we realize that we were all so wrong. That there is nothing that we could do for our own salvation. And we, just like the shepherds, are left with nothing but with the prospect of judgment. There are so many people who are so afraid of death because they do not know what would happen to their souls after they leave this earth. And in fact, the disciples one day, they asked the Lord Jesus as to who could be saved because the Lord explained to them that you wouldn't be according to good works, that you wouldn't be according to how good we are. And the Bible tells us in Matthew in chapter 19, when the disciples heard this, they were very astonished and said, then who can be saved? And looking at them, Jesus said to them, with people, this is impossible. It is not about who how good we are. It is not about the number of good works we can perform. It's not about how many times we go to church. It is not about the religion that we belong to. But the Lord was clear that no one could save themselves according to their own doing. I, re I, I remember hearing in the 1970s, one person went to a talk show, and his name was Neil Simon. He was a playwright that in the 70s, he went to the Dick Cavett show. And the host asked him, Mr. Simon, are you concerned with making a lot of money? And the, the studio audience went completely silent when Mr. Simon answered the question. And he said, no, I am not concerned about making a lot of money. What concerns me is the fear of dying. There are so many people who all their lives they were counting on their own goodness and their own religion to give them the assurance that they would be with God when they pass from this life to eternity. But one day we are confronted with the reality that our good works, that how good we think we are, does not count at all as to the eternal destiny of our souls. I pray that before he passed on four years ago in 2018 that Mr. Simon was able to hear the full message of the gospel in the same way that the same shepherds who were so afraid at first when they first began to see the message that God was given to them right after they were able to hear the full message and understand the complete message that God had for them. The Bible tells us in Luke in chapter 2 in verse 10 and 11 as we read, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. The angel certainly knew that the shepherds were afraid because of their appearance. But he said, do not be afraid, because I bring you good news of great joy. 
The angel was bringing them a very different message than what they were expecting. The angel did not bring them bad news of judgment, but the angel was bringing them good news of joy. And what did they hear? They heard that born was Jesus, Christ our Savior, who is Christ the Lord. The Bible tells us in 1 John in chapter 4, we have seen and testified that the Father has sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. In this, we have the true message of Christmas. In this, we have the true message of the gospel. And I ask you once again, do you hear what I hear? I pray that you can truly understand and hear that the entire purpose of Jesus Christ leaving his abode in heaven, leaving the realms of eternity, he left his glory, he left his kingdom to be born here on this earth to become our savior. The Bible tells us, I want you to notice this. The angel said, for today in the city of David, there has been born for you a savior who is Christ the Lord. The angel announced Jesus as savior and Lord. Once we understand the message of the gospel, once we pass the point of simply being confronted with the bad news that there is nothing that we can do to be at peace with God, it is so comforting to know when we hear the entire message that Christ gave us, that Christ came to give us the message of salvation, saying, for all people, he is bringing that good news of great joy, that he was born a savior Christ our Lord. But I want you to notice this. The Bible tells us that the Lord was born not simply as a Savior. There are many who, after hearing the bad news about good works and religion not doing anything for the eternal destiny of their souls, it is certainly welcome news when we hear that Jesus Christ came to save us and we want to accept Christ as Savior because we are afraid of death or because we are afraid of spending eternity without God. It is much easier to receive Jesus Christ as our Savior than it is to receive him as our Lord. But notice that the angel does not separate the two. But the angel says that Jesus Christ was born as Savior and as our Lord. We either receive him as Savior and Lord or we don't receive him at all. As the Bible tells us in Philippians in chapter 2 in verse 11, one day every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess, not that Jesus Christ is Savior, but that Jesus Christ is Lord. Praise his name for he is our Savior and he is our Lord today and forevermore. The Bible tells us in verse 12 that the angel spoke to them saying, this will be a sign for you you will find a baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. The angel was giving the shepherds one specific sign so that they could look for the holy baby, for the holy child, and be able to recognize him once they would find him. And what was the sign that the angel told the shepherds that they would have to be able to recognize Jesus Christ? The angel said, that he will be wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. 
Obviously, the baby lying in a manger would be a distinctive sign enough because mangers were meant for animals, not babies. However, the angel also said that the baby would be wrapped in cloths, and that was also an important sign. Not because that was unusual. Even today, babies are wrapped to transfer them from the womb into the outside world and to prevent them from scratching themselves. However, this sign was very specific to that baby because 33 years later, he would die at a cross for my sin and for your sins. And after having carried the penalty for our sins, after dying, he was taken down from that cross. And at that moment, he was also wrapped in cloths and he was placed inside a tomb. The swaddling clothes, being wrapped in cloths, was a sign because it prefigures Christ's death and burial. In other words, do you hear what I hear? That Jesus was born to die. That Jesus was born for our salvation. The moment he was born, he was already announcing, even through the fact that he was wrapped in those swaddling clothes, that he came to die for our salvation. There is absolutely nothing greater than the greatest gift of all that we have received through Christ Jesus our Lord, the gift of our salvation through what he did for us once he was born and he died at Calvary's cross to complete the plan of salvation. There may be many precious and great gifts that you expect to receive for Christmas, but there is no gift greater than the gift of salvation that we receive in Christ Jesus our Lord. I want you to notice this. The angel said, And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. One day, all of us who have understood, who have heard the message of Christmas, the true message of the gospel that Jesus Christ came to be born for our salvation, and he was one who from the moment of his birth, his life had already been determined by God the Father that one day he would die also for us at the cross. For this reason he came, to pay the penalty for our sins. And the Bible tells us that one day, in the same way that the shepherds saw all those angels glorifying God, glorifying the Lord Jesus, we will glorify him as well. The shepherds had seen one angel and had heard from one angel. And all of a sudden, they began to see thousands and thousands of angels glorifying the Lord. We, each and every one of us, the saints of God, one day we will be together as well. And we will be there. We will not be reading about it. We will not be imagining about it. But we will be there in the presence of God with thousands and thousands of angels glorifying God for what he has done for us through Jesus Christ, our Savior and our Lord. And I want you to see this. The Bible tells us in, Re in Revelation in chapter 5, Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne and the living creatures and the elders. And the number of them was thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. 
Can you imagine the magnificent voices of this incalculable choir? Thousands and thousands of angels united glorifying the Lord and each and every one of us who have confessed Jesus Christ as our Savior, we will be uniting our, our voices with them. Praise be the Lord who came to die for us for our salvation. And lastly, I want you to see that the shepherds heard the angels saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace among men with whom he is pleased. Peace among men with whom he is pleased. It is interesting to note that the Bible doesn't say that that child, that the Lord, would bring peace to earth. But the Bible says he will bring peace among men on earth with whom God is pleased. It is different. Even the Lord Jesus confirms this when he speaks in Matthew in chapter 10 in verse 34. When he says, don't think that I came to bring peace to earth. I did not come to bring peace. Because there will be many who will not accept the message of the gospel. The true message of Christmas. There will be many who will not accept the way of salvation. But the Bible is speaking here not of peace to earth. But of peace on earth to those who belong to God and have received the revelation of the gospel. The Bible says, peace among men with whom he is pleased. It is my prayer indeed that the Spirit of God would open your heart. If you have never received Jesus Christ as your Savior, that you would understand the message of Christmas, that this was the reason why Jesus Christ came to save us from our sins, to do what we couldn't do for ourselves. And as that song says, as I mentioned at the beginning, do you hear what I hear? I pray that the Spirit of God would be ministering to your heart for you to hear the truth that comes with the message of Christmas. It was more than 60 years ago, a few, a, just a few weeks before Christmas in 1962, when those two on the right of that slide Gloria Shane and Noel Regney, they wrote the words and the song and the music for the Christmas song, Do You Hear What I Hear? And they wrote that song as a message for peace because of the Cuban Missile Crisis. But little did they know that the only ones who can truly hear the message of Christmas are, are those to whom it has been revealed the lowly spirit represented by the shepherds, the ones who were infants, the ones who were humble in their spirit to accept the fact that the King of kings and the Lord of lords, he left his glory to be born humbly here on this earth so that he could also be born in the hearts of those who humble themselves before him. I pray that the Spirit of God will allow you to understand the true message of Christmas and that Jesus Christ, the same who was born 2,000 years ago in the flesh, that the same Christ will be born within you through his Spirit, granting you salvation. Let us pray. Dear Father, I thank you for the blessing of knowing you, for understanding the message of Christmas and for understanding the message of the gospel. 
It is wonderful to know that we belong to you, Father, that our lives are in your hands. Who are we that one day you were mindful of us to take the blinders off our eyes, to make us understand that despite the bad news at first, that there was nothing that we could do to save our souls, you have given us the glorious message of Christmas. We thank you for your blessings. We thank you for your grace, for sending your son, Jesus Christ, to die for our sins and to bring us complete before you in righteousness. We thank you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.